You're listening to the Label Machine series, a podcast to inspire and help indie record labels and artists to build income streams for their music. I'm Nick Sadler, a music entrepreneur that has helped start and run multiple indie record labels. In this series, I'll be speaking with music industry leaders about their experience and the lessons they learn on how they both market and grow their music income. Welcome to the Label Machine series where we discuss with successful industry professionals how artists and record labels sell music. My name is Nick Sadler and today's guest is Tommy Easton. Tommy is a director at Kinphonic, a creative music company for artists that covers agency bookings, publishing, artist management, PR, media services and even a record label. Tommy, how are you today? I am good, thank you. Excellent. Uh, so um, let's start at the beginning. Um, how did you get started in the music industry? Well, that's a good question. Uh, it's like back when I was 20, 21 probably. So like, well, 15 years ago, something like that. I've never been into like club or electronic music at all till that time because I've been playing bass guitar for a long time, rock music, classical music, like everything except for electronic. But I got into like electronic later and I was into Ableton producing and stuff like that. I started to DJ because they asked me to. From there, they started me to book me around. I don't know how that happened, but like after six months or something like that, I was just a DJ around. From there, I opened a record label because I know other people that was, hand, was handling like a big party of electro. Electro yep. was the beginning at the time. Lodi Beatles was from like nearby where I was living in Italy. So, yeah, there was a lot of connection, a lot of people, a lot of stuff. And I start to open a record label that, like, doesn't exist anymore since many years. Mm-hmm. And they start to connect me many people there, bloody beats as well, like the screeners or whoever else. And I start to get into the music business without even actually planning to do it. And from there, it was just passion. It was like the passion for the music, the passion from what it was doing, the time, like everything, pretty much. So it was kind of random. How it actually started. I wasn't planning to do this, this life or this business or anything, but like it happened. <laughs> and now you're here with Kinphonic. Um, so, so how long has has Kinphonic been around for? Uh, Kinphonic has been around from 2015. Mm-hmm. But actually, like, so Kinphonic is born from Absence Agency, that is a booking agency, only booking and management agency that I had from. I think between 2011 and 2015, something like that. And after that, there was only booking. I was missing like the label thing to like mm-hmm. get things together. So I team up with Xcore, Matt Calendar, and we opened Kingphonic because Matt wanted to actually explore the idea to have a record label and all that stuff. So we started to do this. In the end, he left because he wasn't looking into like that much mm-hmm. into the record label itself. Like it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. And it's not, it's not, and it's not always an artist thing. So like there is not yeah. always the pleasure of the artist side. So yeah. So in the end, uh, I am running like, yeah, a booking agency, a management and a record label company pretty much. And we okay. Speak- so those are the, th- those are the three main uh, parts of the yeah. company that you're running at the moment. Yeah. 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 Um, and what are some of the artists that you're working with that we might know of? Uh, Booking-wise, I'm working with Fox Stevenson, mm-hmm. that is currently doing live as well. Yeah. And I'm working with Rods, I'm working with Credo, I'm working with Joser, I'm working with like 24 artists, like considering the bookings and all that stuff. Wow, that's quite a big roster. Um, and um, so for those that don't know, this is predominantly um, bass electronic kind of music. Um, uh, yeah, I would say um, out of the genre of music that you're kind of covering. Um, now, <clears throat> you, you have to oversee all, the, um, all these different uh, business areas of music. Um, now, people often think of a 360 company um, or someone working with a 360 company that off everything is a bad idea because of the major label kind of bad experiences that have been in the press and whatnot. But can you list some benefits of working with someone who offers, I guess, everything under the one roof? Well, there is a lot of advantages to actually have like different sides of a same like metal, if you want to say it. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Working with a record label is actually, I don't personally do the stuff, but it's permitting to the company to have certain kind of contacts that actually helps what is actually the management part. Like the only thing that is out from this concept is kind of like the bookings because it's a thing that is more leading with the live events itself. But like everything else is kind of like connected. So it's kind of everything helping everything. I don't think that having everything under under the same umbrella at this level is is better like a major label because a major label is major. So when there is too much stuff and too much people working on stuff, and that's like when that actually mm. creates and stuff. And yeah, you want to be able to be a, the manager to be able to chase up the record label and say, hey, you're not doing this right or you're doing this wrong. Yeah. Um, so would there be any situations where you, uh, where you maybe wouldn't recommend a 360? Uh, well, depending on, like, there is many different kind of, like, careers and many different kind of, like, I don't know, honestly, how to... To advise because it's depending on the career for everyone. Because if someone is already an established artist, for example, yeah, like let's compare, for example, the management service in an established artist that is already under management after 10 years, that is not like the same amount of work on the same amount of importance of work of an artist that is probably starting now and he never actually had a manager. So it's depending, like, from most mostly from uh, many things, I think, yeah. Yeah, so where the, where the career, where the artist's career is at um, would really depend on that. Um, it's, uh, speaking as well about on the management side of things, um, what, so if you're looking to bring on a new artist, what kind of things are you looking for in an artist where you're like, this is someone I want to sign under management and, and take them on? Well, uh, first of all, the music. Yeah. <laughs> That is a very important part of this, of this whole process. That sometimes, because it's business, we forget about it. But yeah. So I, I, I guess, um, I guess, assuming that they've got like they've got great music, you've got you've you've heard the music. It sounds good. And I guess because there's so much music out there, that's the kind of that's the level playing field. What what are you looking for outside great music? Where you where you're thinking this is an artist I want to work with? Oh, so except for the good music itself. I look mm-hmm. for something that is particular, that is out of what is actually everything doing right now. Like, I feel that between 10 years old and now, there is the difference. And now there is, I don't know, in the 1900% more of bedroom producer or producer in general, or people that just start to doing this, that is a totally good thing because it will give the opportunity to people that didn't have it before to actually do the music. Yeah. But, so from this point of view, before I remember like 10 years ago, something like that, I was looking for quality music. Right now I'm looking for quality music still, but I'm looking more for something that is particular, that is like catching me from something else, you know, something that is out of, I don't know, the normality or like what is usual in the, in the genre that I'm working on as I'm working with different kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so it's kind of like this music. And I would say like also I would mention like, the proper like image of the of the like what kind of image is yeah is like the project that is not a thing like based on like the base the pictures or like that kind of image but is the kind of like concept that the artist created before reaching to you so this is something that is more personal that i think that any artist like every artist should have something at the start that the management can work on it whoever can work on it but like there should be something from the artist at the beginning i think so i'm looking for these kind of little things that make me understand that is someone that is very into what he's doing and that is very creative. And that can be like a good thing for, mm. for this old thing. So, so yeah, something that's, uh, something that's unique that might be in the music and in their, yeah, their, their, um, their tone and their delivery and their kind of their vision, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for going back to you with overseeing um, the different areas of your company, um, yeah. what is the biggest challenges for you? So if you were speaking to a, um, say, a label manager who's maybe been working for a couple of years, they've got a few releases, they've got a few acts, they're thinking about doing management, they're thinking about starting a, um, you know, maybe doing um, some agency stuff. Um, what are, the, what are the biggest challenges you see with having to oversee all those? So you're asking, like, if I was starting from now, like, to do all this 
like in well, a like, final? Yeah, I guess to like now today, what are the challenges you face? Um, and then if you were to start up, you know, how you might kind of, uh, how you might have uh, got around some of those challenges earlier on. All right. Uh, well, uh, starting a label is complicated. Well, is easy if you want to start in the easy way and just be like, I'm figuring out something random distributor and okay, I have a record label. That's the easy part that like everyone can actually do it, but that's, that's not having a record label. So I realized myself, honestly doing this, that is a big thing, is a big, huge word because moving from the point of being a manager only and see everything from the manager point of view, that is already a lot of records because we have record publishing, all this stuff, everything. But when you see it from the label, label point of view and distribution point of view as well, that's a lot more. So mm. I feel that my biggest thing was like, I didn't, I, I underestimated kind of like how this world was complicated at the beginning to complexity in general. And, but that's something that you learn over the time. And it's like just new information to assimilate and stuff like that. And if I was actually starting over right now, I don't know. I will actually figure out a way to get more counsel before from people that actually already run something like this and actually have experience because it's a lot of matter of like right choices. There is a lot of like you can do many different things in many different ways. But from talk, talking from distribution, from promotion, from PR, from whatever, everything that you're doing, you can do it in 20 different ways with 20 different networks as well, whatever else that you're doing. So understanding you can try and see how is it going all the time, or you can already have a little bit of idea from someone else that already runs something similar. I didn't have this pro. I had only my experience as a manager, so I had already, already something else. But I just imagine like someone that doesn't have any manager experience, no, no agent experience, no artist experience starting with this is something, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, I, I know what you mean. It's, it's easy enough to just get a uh, district hit account, throw some music up there, and, yeah. and have like a homepage with your logo going, hey, I'm a record label, but <laughs> to do it properly, everything yeah. that's involved. Um, because you then realize, well, if I'm, if I'm going to do it, I've got to do it properly. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. Even like, it's me, it's different because it is like people that is like young people that is starting many times, like young, like if, if, I'm, if I was myself like 18, 16, and I wanted to start to a record label, I didn't have any fucking idea of anything. There wasn't like, I don't know. Like I, w I was just doing like something basic, like getting a website and something like that. By being doing it at 20 years old, then I've been doing something actually a little bit different, a little bit better. And I remember that at the time that I started, it was one of the only like uh, small like indie record label of the area that actually had a website that was custom and stuff like that. Like 20 years old, almost. it was something like, oh, having the release on the website, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, there is many ways to do it. But like having counsel and getting experience is a big word. So it's kind of like too many topics to know in like mm. brief time if you want to actually do it right. Yeah, yeah, oh, true. I mean, you know, agreed. I, that's when we started Never Say Die is exactly the same thing. We just kind of had to figure it out. We, we, like, we, knew, a few, we knew a few people in the industry that we just, we went and took them out for coffees and just sat them down and asked them a bunch of questions. But yeah, and read books. But like, yeah, I mean, that, that was one of the reasons I set up the label machine was to kind of like fix sort of that issue, you know, that yeah. when you're starting out, not really knowing like the first step to take. Um, so when you're with, you know, with you, you're dealing with new artists that are coming on board or maybe even, you know, they're sort of a mid-level artist. What are some rookie mistakes or common problems that you see over and over again? Uh, overthinking about things that are not important. Like sometimes, like, for what I, like, follow me what I say before, what I'm looking from an artist as a point of a manager or something like that, and I think many other people that does this job, is someone that is original, is someone that is developing his music, everything that I say before. So there is a lot of people, I think, in this kind of scene that there is too many people doing it. They pay too, many, too much attention to what is actually the social media presence or what is like the picture or what is like, many other details that are definitely important but sometimes are not that important at that level and at that level is more important to actually just close yourself in a room and do music for three months and get out everything that you have inside so the people that actually count and they can actually see what you can do 
because everyone can do the picture. Like the managers are there to do everything else. So what is missing is the art. And that's mm. what the, actually the artist should focus in. It's frustrating, I guess, because sometimes you have, I don't know, I guess myself, 14, 20 years old or whatever, I want to start to do music. It's not like that you just publish on SoundCloud and it's like, wow, feedbacks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I understand that it's frustrating and you want to find a way. But I feel that every, every, every artist that I saw in my life was good. And success after was someone that wasn't giving a shit about image or, or kind of like giving a shit mm-hmm. about himself and was only focusing doing music and that's it. I was doing it for the passion of it. So, so that's interesting because, so you definitely want to make sure you're doing music. Do you think there's maybe a time when, when you have done your music, then maybe start thinking about what the, what the unique thing is that is about you? Because, you know, I mean, I get in demos all the time and, um, you know, they've got less than a hundred followers on SoundCloud. The music, and sometimes if the music's quite good, but then I, I sort of go on, they don't have a Facebook page. And then I'm sort of thinking, oh, they're just so, it's so early. And, and, and the music's good. Like the music's good. And if it was a bigger artist or someone that was more established, it would be a, you know what, I think I might work with you. So do you still think there's some merit though at the same time where you should be kind of thinking about like that kind of whole package? Or, or for you, does that not matter at all? No, yeah, I mean, it matters. Like before as well, they say that people should focus on the quality of music and to put like they saw on the music and that's the main thing. But that mm. doesn't take out like many other little things that they should still do also if they start. I mm. feel that in a situation like this where there is a lot of like new artists and stuff, even mm. like letting discover yourself through collaboration or be more active in channels like i don't know in general like creating connection with other artists from the same genre or the same thing that you're doing over the time this over create like a community where you're part of it and as an artist part of the community you get known and the people start to know you so at that point even if you are not like in a community of billion of people you have the opportunity to actually show off what is your music and if it's good if at that point the artist like I don't know discover like put everything that he had on that, at that point if the music is good, it's getting discovered because you can publish something like even in small record labels for like I don't know like even just on SoundCloud. But if an artist is good, I guess this after a little bit of time, in some way, he gets spotted by someone. So like I'm just saying this for the hope of, in general of the people that is doing that is doing this work. I feel that it's like this. As I am spotting like people, all the people is spotting other people and we're all looking to, to actually help artists that doesn't know like how to reach more people or how to grow their project. But yeah, everything is starting from the music mm. and all this stuff. I think, you, I think you brought up a really good point there about um, you know, getting a part of a network in a community, um, especially in, um, in the dance world. Um, with DJs as well. Like, you know, if you start and connect with other DJs and then you've finished a track, it's maybe not yeah. released, but it's good enough to play. You can send it to them. They play it in the club. Is it a good response? Yes, it's not. I think you're right. That, that is especially true in the dance community as well. And um, yeah, I, yeah, connecting with artists. I mean, if you were an artist, how would you go about, you know, let's say you're in a small town, how, what advice would you give to somebody that did want to, sort of start connecting with other like DJs and what, and, and, and people in the network. So if someone is living like in a small town and want to start to do this. Yeah. Thing. So someone's from being like, they, what I'm trying to say is they're not living in a place like, like a major city like London or Paris where they can go out to the club and network. You let's mm-hmm. say you're sort of at home uh, in a home studio. You oh. want to start connecting with a network. You know, what advice would you give to somebody like that? Well, like, I personally see like a lot of time that unknown uh, small artists or whatever, mm. they can actually be able to reach like medium sized or big artists sending music through demos and stuff or whatever. It's not always happening because these people is busy. So that's mm. like a thing that, <laughs> that's yeah, the thing. Yeah. but it happened, it happened. It happened a lot of times, I think as well, like for, for my experience at least. So I feel that's a big part of it and that can be your key just by staying like whatever you are. You can just produce music wherever you are and just mm. use the internet to actually showcase the music to some artists. Maybe right. you can reach like the biggest artists of 
your gene or whatever that you're reaching yeah. on, but you can build up your name with other people. And from there, like you can create like this kind of community thing that I was referring more from kind of like a public thing, but it's also like mm. a thing related to like music is listened before from all the DJs and everyone that is in the scene before you. So everyone needs to listen. Everyone that counts kind of like need to listen to your music and play mm. your music to get so, your name there. So this happened a lot of times. We have many examples. Okay. This is so basically if, once you've got your music honed and you think it's, and you've compared it and you know, it's as good as your contemporaries, don't be afraid to email them, DM them on Twitter, Facebook yeah. and say, yo, check my music out. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, to be honest, even I'll like always, if someone sends a professional email and you know, they're being polite, I'll always click the SoundCloud and listen to like 15 seconds and you know, Oh, this is good. Or like, yeah, it's maybe not as good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes the problem is that maybe they start like, like small artists, they start and they start to mail everyone with the uh, first things they do. And, and as a record label, I'm receiving a lot of these demos and I'm like, guys, I mean, it's not that I want to tell you that this is bad. I'm just saying, just like get more time to develop what you want to do. Why do you want to just like send demos random around? You? I'm like, yeah, I know. As soon as you see your name in a BCC, I'm like, this is probably going to be shit because it's a BCC <laughs> and they're just clearly yeah. mass emailing. Yeah. Um, so, um, okay. So now we're going to move on to a section where we're just going to focus on selling music trend questions. Um, so for you, when it comes to record sales, where are you finding royalties are coming from uh, across the major platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Amazon? For you and your artists, where are you saying it's sort of yeah. big ones? An idea, yeah. So if you want to make kind of like a bigger thing, Spotify is obviously the first, <laughs> the yeah. first thing. Then you have kind of like iTunes, Beatport, SoundCloud and stuff like that. They get some, like, some income as well. But right now, I think for the majority of the people of this kind of genre, I think Spotify is the first yeah. income at all. Well, <coughs> I, is anyone picking up on the Spotify, on, do you think on um, the iTunes streaming? Mm, well, there is, there is some, but there is not that much. I, I feel that Spotify started earlier than everyone else. So they build a community, like they build a, there are too many people using it in comparing to the other services. So that is not like I'm comparing to numbers from releasing on Spotify and having like realities from Spotify or having realities from iTunes or mm. music or whatever else. I, they, could, they could get there. I'm not saying that it's not changing, but right mm. now I think Spotify is like everyone, everything yeah. is, <laughs> everyone is into yeah. Spotify. Everything is about Spotify. Promotion is all around Spotify pre-saves and all that stuff. So there is a lot of focus on that. And it means switching the focus from pre-saving on Bitport, for example, that was like involved many, many years ago, stuff like that. All the kind of pre-save, the email pre-save, everything is focused on, Bit on Spotify right now. Yeah. Now, um, be being in the, um, in the electronic community where a lot of music is consumed by DJs to play in clubs and to play out and they like, um, and in that case, they have to download it onto USB stick. Um, do you find that Beatport is, and obviously you can't stream with Spotify pro like properly professionally. I know there's an app out there you can do it with. Um, so are you finding uh, uh, with that in mind, Beatport is still a place where people are downloading stuff from or are there any other platforms? Well, yes. From downloading wise, I see a lot of stuff over there. And yeah, majority is there. There is some people that is downloading on Bandcamp, depending if the stuff is on Bandcamp as well. Interesting. Yeah. Ah, okay. That's interesting to know. Um, so we're speaking about Spotify. Everything Spotify, 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 Spotify. <laughs> um, what have you been finding works for you guys with getting um, your tracks on Spotify playlists? So I think this is the question that everyone want to have an answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you do that? Like, how is it possible? So um, I feel that is, so like from a Spotify point of view, if you know Spotify, if you have direct contact with someone there, you can actually pitch that kind of like directly to someone, the fact that there is your track, but, that is more 
the last time that I checked, there was more like 60 or 70 creators that was following up the playlist. So there is not like one guy or two people that is following that. There is a lot of people in a lot of countries and it has a lot of a complicated thing. What everyone wanted to was, I don't know, beating the main Spotify playlist and stuff like that. They are changing things now because they have the, um, uh, the personalities that playlists. So mm-hmm. they can actually switch different artists in fact of like, area or whatever else in the same playlist and i saw that in tracks as well and i feel that following the, your question that is not a main secret to actually get a track there i feel that a lot of matters is the stats of the artist already because mm. something is changing in the beginning of like when you release the track in the first days you have the release radar and stuff like that so you can have more plays over the first days if you have more following because it's following that there is a lot of stuff around. There is some kind of like CEO thing that you can actually look if the release is actually like playlisted around, that people talk about it on, on, on blogs or whatever else. And I feel that this is taking in consideration of a kind of ranking of what is kind of important, the track of the, not more the track, more the artist, I feel. But like, anyway, like, the only way to actually submit a song there is to submit a song as everyone does. Yeah, and using the Spotify like, for artists. Yeah, I feel the only job that we can actually do as a like um, record labels and stuff is to have our own playlist and to have like to figure out a way to don't depend 100% from the playlist of Spotify and being able to actually promote our songs without being lucky for having a premiere, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I noticed you guys, uh, I was on the website and I saw your playlist that you've built up. There's... I think there's about uh, 12 or 14 playlists. Um, yeah, and eight, I think. What's that? I think it's like eight or something like that, yeah. But anyway, okay, yeah, eight, eight playlists. Um, and so, uh, like, how long have you been running those and, and what kind of ways do you use to, like, grow their playlist? Because I guess from a label's point of view, Spotify is really very much focused on the artists. So, you know, they're always talking about as an artist, like, make sure you, like, submit stuff for your playlist and like get your follower count up but as a record label when you've got multiple artists it's a little bit it's a little bit trickier i think to you know to you to you there you the, the label isn't an artist and there you can't really get someone to follow the label as such can you um, yeah. which is which i which is a bit of a shame but it is their kind of model so how have you kind of how have you worked on building up your playlist yourself like getting people to subscribe well in many different ways because like when you start in a context when you have office, official Spotify playlist that does probably like the same stuff that you do or maybe like something similar, stuff like that, the people is always going to the browse or Spotify is not actually looking for other playlists or stuff like that. So a lot of that it came from Freedom Loads, for example, with mm-hmm. gate loads and so the people So had we're that. using like download gate applications. What? Were you using like the download yeah. gate, the gating yeah, applications? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, have you got any ones that you prefer using? Yeah, we we have actually we are using our own technology for this stuff. Actually, we use LabelGrid, that is a distribution service. And like, if you look now on the website, we can like we have a gate that is supporting like Spotify, SoundCloud, and other stuff. So in the past, we'd be using other services, but was a goal as a record label talking about the things that you don't have when you start, but you're looking on to having after. Was a goal to actually being independent on this kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. I see. Now, with with a gate a catered service where you can, you know, the classic thing is um, download my track for an email address, say, so that you can build up your um, you can build up your email gate. Now, with no one necessarily, and let's speak about outside, say, dance music, like outside DJs, right? With no one really downloading music, mm-hmm. how, how do you think, you know, um, an artist or a label can kind of still, like, get that email address? Like, how, do you sort of know what I mean? Because it's like, there's yeah. a... Well, so, <laughs> like, as you said, all the gay to download thing, they have a particular target that is mainly DJs and stuff like that, because who else is actually downloading the tracks if not a DJ that actually want to play it? Totally sounds. Um, you have all the ways that depending on the label, you can give away something else or can give away something in exchange of like, I don't know, even tickets to an event of your artist 
like many different ways to promote like other sides of the record, you know, that is not related to the download, but is related to the other, other feature that you can find. Or maybe you can relate it to, for example, a track that is available only on the download link, stuff that is exclusive to that, or related to the fact that they have to follow and make a specific action to participate in a contest or whatsoever. I mean, there is different ways mm -hmm. to actually ask people if they want to follow a playlist or doing something else. There is a standard promotion of actually you just say on Facebook or whatever else, hey, I have a playlist and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I feel that it's important what are you actually promoting? Because like, if you're talking about like a Spotify playlist, like, I don't know, I can't do a playlist that is pop 2019 because it's not making absolutely sense because there is 3 billion playlists like this and Spotify is handling that. So I don't feel that nobody has to try to actually do a playlist that is similar to what Spotify is doing because they are doing right. They have a billion of songs and a lot of people working on that. So what is missing, and I'm looking at it from an artist's point of view as well, is... I would look for a playlist that has stuff that the other playlist doesn't have. Mm -hmm. If I was an artist or was, was a DJ, for example, like this kind of example, I would look for something like weird stuff, stuff that doesn't, no one plays. Like, I don't know, I was experimenting something new. So I was looking for that. I wasn't looking for the standard that top 10 of Beatport or stuff like that, because otherwise I can find it everywhere else. Yeah. So I feel the content is important. Selection is fundamental. So it's like that kind of thing. I feel as well, like in the playlist that we have, we have some gender-related, gender-related playlist that is like keyweight-based dubstep stuff and all the stuff that is like uh, FPG game stuff. So like yeah. first-person shooting stuff. That playlist, for example, is going very well because it has a purpose. And the people that actually find that playlist is because it's people that is finding music, that is looking for music for that kind of like mm -hmm. thing. You know? So if you cover, I feel, if you are a little bit if you think about it, you can cover something that is missing or just put like the label touch to something that maybe is not 100% out there already. I feel that can help as well beside all the gates and all the promotion and everything else. Mm. And, how are you, and how are you guys curating your playlist? Do you, do you sort of just, when you like something, you add to it? If you've got a team kind of organizing it? Uh, yeah, well, we have another, <laughs> like another proprietary application that is handling that. So we get the submission. <laughs> we like, <clears throat> sorry, we like to make apps for everything. No. <laughs> uh, no, like talking about it, like this is the one of the biggest issues of a label that is the organization. So actually, like I mm. before all this, so talking about before being a DJ, before everything, I've been doing the programmer. So I know something about programming. I know, like particularly something about programming. I know stuff. So from there, I've been always like growing like making everything that was making sense for optimizing time for don't losing things for all this stuff i don't know you can use asana for your task you can do stuff like that but if you want a custom place where you can get submission from spotify and you can handle it without having to copy paste and all this stuff and you can schedule stuff when you want it that doesn't exist so i was like let's do it <laughs> let's make something like that mm. so mm. we basically get all all this uh, submission through plasma that is the the, the platform that we use and from there there is a curator that is right now like is handling erotic affair is marco oh, that yeah, is yeah. Handling, yeah that is handling the playlist so you get all the submissions to plasma and from there you can just schedule everything whatever they want to whatever playlist you want so what so where are they submitting them from did you say pla plasma yeah plasma uh p-l-a-n-d-a.com And is that just a Spotify submission type? Yeah, yeah. It's a thing that we, it's not open to the, I mean, it's open to the public because you can go, you can go there and you can actually see the main form in Chronic, but it's not open to other people. It's just a thing that we run for ourselves to actually be able to organize, organize all this stuff because we wanted to focus on Spotify playlisting because it was too complicated to handle like everything that is actually, if you want to run a, a successful playlist that you want to play it every week and you want to be able to get all the submission, you need to have an automatic system that is actually yep. you get lost. So, yeah, that's really smart. And besides this, there is still like a lot of manual work, a lot of people that is mailing about it, all the labels, uh, all the friends and stuff like that. So that is still something manual, but majority of, of submission is automatized, the whole process. Okay, that's good to know. Um, 
So when it comes to blogs uh, and online publications, do you think they're still relevant when it comes to doing promotion? I think not. Like right now, that is not the same weight. Like they don't have the same power, let's say, that they had before. I feel that still, like if I'm a DJ, if I'm like certain kind of people, certain kind of like a part of, let's say, of the whole thing can still use it because mm-hmm. they look for certain particular information. And for sure, there is a lot of fan part that people, they just want to look for information and read about news and stuff like that. But from a promotional side of view, I guess that, oh, you got a publication on Billboard or you got a publication on like on a huge website with billion of views or it doesn't matter because I saw myself like publication on, on website that was actually pretty decent with pretty good numbers, but that is not related click. Like people actually see the news, people, people can actually like play the track or play the video, but it's not actually following up on the track because they just follow up, like just reading the news and stuff. It's yeah. Not, it doesn't matter much. So I never it's more just like awareness, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, just awareness. Yeah. So if you get if you get many blogs, I'm not I'm not saying that is bad at all because you get awareness, you get I mean you get a CEO in general for what is Google, for what is your truck, for what is your name in general. So that's always good in any way. Mm. But from a promotion side of view, like talking about the sales, I don't feel yep. that that one that that's changing much from sales wise. If it's not like a big big thing. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Unless you can get on, yeah, like billboard or something might move the needle a little bit. But yeah. for general blogs, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult to justify the spend. Um, yeah. It's more like uh, you're sure that if people, if, if small blogs is talking about someone, depending on which, which one or something, maybe you know that the particularly like producer of that genre, they know about that. Because like, as I say, like a lot of producer and stuff that is more like into the specific or like something like more obscure they look for everything. So the blogs they feel that are more like for someone that is very into this, but not just a fan, more like a, someone that artist or someone that is working on it or looking yeah. for artists, maybe labels <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, so when it comes to paid advertising, do you guys use it to do promotions yeah. like Facebook advertising or Instagram advertising? Yeah, depending on what we do, depending on the truck, depending on the plan of the truck, depending on what we have. We do differently. We could spend uh, on Facebook or Instagram. We did promotion on SoundCloud, um, Spotify, sorry. And yeah, depending pretty much. Okay, and what do you find works best for you? Uh, like Facebook boosts, um, a, like an Instagram campaign? Like what are you finding seems to get the best value for clicks? Or well, kind of like Instagram other people is related to the phone. So it's kind of different how it works, something like, but yeah, kind of like that. I, I didn't honestly run many, many, many ads on Instagram. I run more ads on Facebook because itself, Instagram is a system that allow more reach and more like in general, that is more reach there. So using stories and stuff like that, we can actually reach more people than actually do a post on Facebook and spend, like, I don't know, hundred dollars and stuff like that. If you keep more active, the account and stuff like that. So yeah. I would say I would say Instagram just because kind of Facebook is dead. It's kind of dead for one meaning, like promotion and all this stuff right now, I feel. Like everyone is promoting there, but there is no like an exchange of many links, like clicks or stuff like that right now. And it's a lot expensive. It's made for big companies. There is no small DJ, there is no record label. It's made for like let Coca-Cola advertise, you know? So at that point, maybe if you have millions, you can actually reach a lot of people. But otherwise, it's not like much of a, of a good system. And also, if you are a record label, like I feel a lot of the job is a lot of the job, kind of like a thing that is coming together doing this is that you grow your own like group of people that actually know your brand and actually mm-hmm. follow your audience. So you should have a little bit of promotion yourself over the time. So you don't relay always to advertising and stuff like that. Yeah. Depending always on the project project and product and everything because yeah so and um you're just mentioning instagram stories are you finding you're getting a lot of hits just being consistent with instagram stories well yeah i mean it's not consistency in the manner in the manner that you have to actually do Instagram stories all the time 
but in general, like using Instagram, um, we we write there like we, we post a story when when we do an update on Spotify playlists, like when we do releases, stuff like that. I see that there is a lot of following. I see that there is a lot of people messaging back. I see that there is a lot of people mentioning the playlist on the stories as well. So I feel that the story thing is kind of yeah working right now for Instagram wise. And do, and do you guys, do you just post like a static image on story or do you do a video? And if you do a video, what, what, is, what do you have a video of? Well, no, right now for like, just because it's easier, <laughs> let's say, yeah. we just post like the share picture that yeah. like, that, that you can make with Spotify, say that the playlist are being updated because we update the playlist every week. So it's kind of like a big job to being able also to do like promotion yeah. video for that. And it's kind of pointless as well. So like and always and then if someone, if someone goes, oh, hey, that looks like a cool playlist and they're on Instagram, are they, are they, are they able to like click up and does that link to your Spotify? Like how have you kind of set that side of it up? Yeah, yeah. So basically like, I don't know, is it working for all the accounts now because Instagram is like thing. But in the business account that we have right now, we can actually put a link on any story that I feel, yep. yeah, like many accounts can. And so we just link directly the playlist to what is the story. So I don't know, example, Friday, there is updates for the, all the playlists that we have. There is one story for each playlist and there is a link updated like for each story so that people can just wipe and get directly to, to the Spotify playlist. Nice. That's, uh, that's good to know. So yeah, if you are a label, make sure you switch over to a uh, Instagram business account. Because um, yeah. I think by default, you start off as a personal change yeah. it to business and therefore you can then link back to, you can link to anywhere you want really, can't you? Go back to your website or Spotify or... or yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you can pretty much link it wherever. Um, do you guys use Snapchat? No. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> no. Honestly, no. I mean, I know that is a thing. I know a lot of people using it. I've been using it myself, like personally talking in the past, but kind of like that is too much you know like there is already like instagram stories facebook stories and there is a lot of people around there already there is a lot of like talking about like a business point of view yeah there's a lot of users on facebook and instagram i don't know i don't feel that i want to go through doing another media label yeah. wise you know i know what you mean no more than five for me as yeah. soon as i get any more than i've got fingers on my hand i'm not interested yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so um when we come to the rare sync deals, now I know you've got a publishing arm. Um, have you had some? Uh, have you had any good success with getting your music synced? And if so, kind of uh, what areas with games or TV or? Uh, we had music sync in compilation and stuff like that. I never had um like a like a sync in a movie yet, but yeah, compilation and all the stuff, all the product kind of like. We had something in the past, yeah. Uh, so, is it, so when you're talking about syncing, that's like um, uh, like UKF 10 or something and you'd like um, give them a track that they'd like, you'd license it to them. Is that no, what you mean? Or? Kind of like, there is other companies that does all the kind of like specific stuff. For example, like there was a company that was doing only uh, fitness related compilation and stuff like that, but wasn't just music because the stuff was like the music was connected actually to the video of the course of what it was. Right. Like explaining, I don't know, the Pilates or whatever it was, the fitness thing that was doing. So yeah, it was kind of used for a sync, kind of like in a video, but wasn't a picture, wasn't a motion picture. Right, I see. Different, you know, like just for example, there is a lot of things like this where the music can be used for other than a picture, like a motion picture or something else like that. Okay, that's nice. So uh, moving on to the future, um, I know that you've partnered up with Label Grid, um, which you were mentioning earlier. Um, and as I understand it, it's a platform for managing kind of all the, um, all the bits and pieces you need to manage to run a record label. Um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, do you want to sort of just quickly run through um, some of the uh, areas of running a record label that it handles? Uh, okay, so yeah, basically, what is releasing the music like? Whatever that is, the part of the distribution itself that I feel that is the uploading all the material on somewhere, yep. and be able that this platform is actually delivering all your music to the source. That yep. is the main 
the main topic of like yeah. Of a distributor, so, yep. So after yeah, that, it's been uploaded. The, now what? So you have the way to auto-publish stuff already on SoundCloud or YouTube. So you can actually use the platform to schedule as well, not just the distribution, like what you actually distribution on Spotify and Amazon and everyone else, but you can schedule as well your upload on SoundCloud and YouTube. You can do demo management, so you can receive your demo, you can manage every demo and stuff like that. You can do accounting management, so you can pay everyone as a label, obviously, because you need to do that. Yeah. And you can handle like advancing kind of payments, so you can do splits between artists or whatever. There is many different like combination of handling that stuff is very like uh, expand like extensive. It's complicated. As soon as you've got more than ten releases, it gets complicated. Yeah, it's very complicated. So yeah, pretty much all the stuff about like publishing and keeping everything in the same place. And for example, from there you have all your information there because you have to create like artist profiles for everything that you create, like every time that you do a, a release, as I guess every other system. So from there, we connected all this stuff from the other bigger problem that is the record label. That was my problem as well. So I just using my problems to develop something <laughs> better. Yeah. And, and there was like doing the releases on the website, doing the pre-save on the website, having everything update. How you do that? Uh, you can actually link everything that you have on the distribution to actually everything that you have on your front side promotion with the users. There's a pain in the ass because if, every, if everything is split, and right now, from my knowledge, like the majority of the distribution, they don't allow to actually export your releases on, on your website, except for including it in some way, I guess. But so basically, yeah, this was a big thing to actually sync the website that you have and mm. label group. So we created a WordPress plugin that is able to sync every release that you have basically every hour. And you have all the releases already in the website with all the links, all the stores, all the information about the artists, all the database already gone. And the case, for example, that you have a pre-save, that's handling a pre-save. So you can actually ask people to pre-save on Spotify and the day of the release, the plugin on automatically add the, the track on the, on the Spotify. And the most cool thing, I think, is the release day like scenario where you have, okay, the website with a release that is not released yet. And now is midnight of the new day. And today there is the release day. Yeah. On the website, everyone is not, it's not like everyone at the website at 12 a.m. and trying to update data and all this stuff. So we did an automatic system to actually from the time that a release is released, we automatically fetch all the links from all the stores that we have. So every hour, there is the new link of Spotify, new link of iTunes, new link of everything. So basically, I can wake up in the morning, I can log to the page, and there is all the links, there is everything, and every plan. Everything is planned, and nobody had to actually be editing links or looking for links and changing all the stuff. Everything is Interesting. And so that... Um... And does that create like a smart URL type link that you can then just share anywhere on the, on the net? Yeah. So from there, like the website has like every, every release has a short, uh, a short URL. So you can just share the short URL and is basically using many other services that do the gate, the, the gate, the gate um, like, I don't know, have machine and stuff like that, that you can mm -hmm. actually put your links and stuff. It's basically doing the same thing, but you're doing in your own website. And that's, a lot better because everyone right now is using other external website to do this and a lot mm. of people is paying a lot of money to actually being able to target what is coming from that and coming from your website after or the services this all bargaining of things you can solve it if you have everything on your site that is your website and on top the people is on your website already so they can actually discover new things they can look over your catalog is a different kind of way. The biggest company, I don't know, spinning other biggest label, they does that. Like yeah. normally like the biggest labels, the biggest structures, they hold marketize and everything in-house. Is everything on their domain? They don't use external services. Is because there is many reasons to do it. And one is this one, I think. So does, uh, and so does label grid, will it, will it essentially build you like a website? Like a, like a... Well, well basically, uh, study from scratch. Like, for example, you can just get a new WordPress website. 
You yeah. do a WordPress website that is empty, blank. You just download the plugin, supposing that you have an account on Label Grid, and you download the plugin, you activate it, you get an API key that you would have through Label Grid, and then after that, it's a sync, and it's uploading all the releases, all the artists, all the genres, all the labels that you have, because you could have also multiple labels. Because as a Kingphonic, for example, we handle Kingphonic, King Freeze, and first off, that is two sub-labels that we have. Yeah. And after that, you just put a couple of shortcodes wherever you want. So you can create a page that is these releases, and you create a shortcode that is say, I want all the releases here, or I want only the releases from this label here. And from there, that's it. You have like, wow. press with all releases and stuff. And this is going to be synced every three hours, one hour, depending on the system and the necessity. That's very interesting. What, what are the, and is this open for uh, like new labels to sign up or have you got like an application mm-hmm. process? Almost. So like basically I partnered up with Label Grid because I've been working with Label Grid for my own, for, like for working my own label for about mm-hmm. three or four years. So in this time we saw like many issues, many things that could be improved. And we jump on together to be like, yeah, let's partner and, and actually finish this and do it like better. Yeah. So we are almost there. I, pref- I think that probably like at the end of this year, probably earlier or something like that, we will probably release the final version with the support of this. Right now, the people that is already on Label Grid that everyone can subscribe. But let's say that this functionality and the new UI and many new functionality that we have developed mm-hmm are still in beta developing. So there is not everything public yet. But many labels that we have already, they can actually use as a beta tester this functionality. So someone is already using it, let's say. That's, um, and one yeah. of these, like Kingphonic website is running with this. Yeah, wow, well, it's a great website. So um, yeah, looking forward to that. That's, uh, I mean, I know there's only sort of, I know there's label works and there's label engine, they sort of do similar stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't, that's quite comprehensive, everything you're offering. Um, so yeah, 2020. Many other things that I didn't even mention, like talking about like Label Grid itself, there is many other things that I didn't even mention. And there is like also like Label Grid is, um, just to say, is it's not made just for artists and record labels at this kind of level. So like a new record label, a new artist that actually want to do something like that. This plugin thing and many other things that we did helps a lot the whole schedule of a small label. But we actually made this and this support as well, like biggest label, like distributor and stuff mm-hmm. like that, because we have all the, like every feed that we need for, for distribution yes. directly without, like, without giving us our own deal. So yeah, we can give like distribution companies the way to distribute the music through the CMS that we have or use all the products that we have. We are white labeling this for other companies. So that is like, is a big thing to actually explain it into means, but there is a lot Wow, of white labeling, that's pretty big. Wow, yeah, yeah. incredible. A couple of months, I think. <laughs> we'll let you a couple know. of months, have to white label a, a, uh, a label machine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Tommy, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, it's been really insightful, um, especially what you're talking about, um, Spotify, um, and Instagram. Um, so yeah, thank you for your time. Is there anything else you want to add or? Nothing. Thank you for this opportunity. It was nice to have a chat about business label thing. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for your time, Tommy. Thank you too. Bye-bye.